We've been against the war from the beginning because we are against bloodshed. We know that the bloodshed and the terrible assault on Gaza, apart from being in itself criminal and deadly by definition, it won't bring security to no one, especially not to the Israelis. We want the bloodshed to stop. We want the war to end for the sake of lives of Palestinians and Israelis alike. Over thousands and thousands of Palestinians, just one sentence, please. It's not only the bus that makes so many Palestinians, thousands of Palestinians who are killed. Israeli soldiers are killed. The hostages are at risk because we, the government doesn't do anything. We have to, to leave it there them. because our show is ending. Ofer Kassif, Jewish member of the Israeli Knesset facing expulsion. That does it for our show. A deeply fond farewell to our video um, fellow, Sanji Lopez. You will remain in our hearts and our DNA, Democracy Now! alumni. I'm Amy Goodman. Thanks for joining us. You are listening to KBOO Portland on 90.7 FM, K282BH Philomath on 104.3 FM, and K220HR Hood River on 91.9 FM. Hey, KBOO listeners. KBOO cut through the clouds during our end-of-year campaign thanks to support from listeners like you. When we meet our campaign goals, we can continue to bring you colorful, radiant rays of radio. Thank you, and keep tuning in for unique music, cutting-edge news, and transformative public affairs on the airwaves. KBOO Community Radio is a proud media sponsor of the Silverton 22nd Annual MLK Observance on Monday, January 15th from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at the Silverton Grange. PDX community organizer and social justice activist Brian Lewis will share a presentation on moral revival and a poor and working people's agenda for Oregon. The event will include a community potluck, poetry reading, and sing-alongs. Again, that's the Silverton 22nd Annual MLK Observance on Monday, January 15th from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at the Silverton Grange, 201 Division Street in Silverton. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. You are listening to KBOO Portland. This is The Gap. And with me, I'm Tammy. And with me is Althea. Hey, Tammy. You're there somewhere. Okay, hang on. We got we to gotta work on the angles this morning. This is The Gap. We're so happy to be here. Sending, um, sending good wishes to Sherry, who is normally our engineer in the morning. She's not feeling well. Um, hope you feel better soon, Sherry. Big hug. Big hugs. Hold on. I'm angling, angling, angling. There are so many things that in our in our way in our line of vision, but it's okay. Eye contact is so important. 
But you don't care about that because this is a radio show. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot they don't get this experience. They don't get to feel what it's like to be in a, what is it, 80 degrees in here? Yeah, I came in and the thermostat was all messed up in there. <laughs> is it broken? Um, it feels... <laughs> <laughs> it's not broken. It's almost like it works too well, what mm. we're dealing with. Again, this is not an, of interest to anybody. There's different thermostats that are tricking each other. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's so we're trying to say, you know, who did who did it first, passing the misinformation that we want it to be 80 degrees around, have because we, we don't. Have these thermostats thought of uh, go at getting into politics? <laughs> Ew. Talk about spreading misinformation. Speaking of politics and, and spreading actual information. Okay, okay, welcome, go there. Welcome to this here radio show. This is The Gap on KBOO Portland. Uh, usually this program is uh, cut into two two parts. First part is either an interview or a roundhouse kick to the face of update updated news. And then the second part at the bottom of the hour is when we open up the phone lines for you to become... Go from a listener to a caller for our community question. And it's actually a really, really good one this time. They're always good, but this one is exceptionally good. And, uh, you know, if you're a whistleblower, it might be for you. Whoa. Uh. Okay. <laughs> um, well, yeah, should we should we jump in? We got we got quite a bit of news going on. What do you want to start with? Should we start with... Well, can I say... Can we say the... Should we talk about the weather a little bit? Oh, sure. I mean, yeah. Go for you it. You made it here. Go, yes. You made so, it here. Too. I made it here, too. Yes. You saw two snowplows, you said? Yeah, there are two snowplows. I was shocked. I thought there was one for like ten and a half counties, but I guess there's two. <laughs> That's awesome. Two um, of two snowplows were seen by Tammy this morning. I'm going to do my, my, my usual, um, the one trick that I have with the snow is if you don't salt your your area, because uh, s- salt can hurt paws for animals oh, and, okay. or like people that walk barefooted. So if you need to salt your area, if you need to de-ice it, uh, baking soda. Boom. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because it's mostly sodium. Right. Yeah, I didn't know that. And it's way cheaper, too, than salt. You learn and something new all the time. You cannot use it to season your food, though. Yeah, I don't think that would... I, I do think that baking soda was one of those ones when I was a kid. I was like, huh, should probably taste it to find out what that's like. You only really need to do that once. I think people do use... Ba- isn't there like a baking powder? Baking powder well, you do. Uh, I mean, you need it for... Toothpaste, to isn't there? Well, it is similar to toothpaste. Yeah. All right. We don't need to sit here musing on the nature of sodium bicarbonate uh, you all like? day. <laughs> Just half the day. Unless um, you like it. <laughs> it is, Let us know if that's what you want the show to be. <laughs> it is going to get uh, way colder around 4 p.m., 5 yeah, p.m. Yeah, going way Bundle below freezing. If you can, if you have a place to go that's warm, definitely yeah. recommend it. Keeping an eye out on uh, warming shelters in Multnomah County. They should. I, I'm going to make the assertion that they should be open tonight. Have they? I haven't heard anything besides for that that uh, PDF that you sent me from the county. That yeah, the was, county sent out. They're like, hey guys, try to stay warm, okay? Hey, you, have you heard of a coat? You should wear that. Yep. It's it was, it was so disheartening. Well, I'm glad. I'm not going to talk about taxpayer, but if I was, I would ask them where's all that money that they're sitting at the county right. where they could be housing people instead of just sending PDFs that's like, go somewhere warm and and not wet. Okay. Have you thought of going to a library? It's warm in there. It's like, I think probably. Um, so, I, I mean, there. do you want me to just tell you the thresholds because I'm looking at yes, them right now? Yes, please do. So, if the forecasted temperature um, between 8 p.m. and 7 a.m. is uh, 25 Fahrenheit for more than four hours, if there's more than an inch of snow, or if the f- temperature is just below freezing, so 32 with uh, an inch or more of rain overnight. Um, so... We'll see. 
hopefully if they do if they are opening them uh they're they're getting that together very soon does the movies the last... have to be full one for them to open them up <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, well, that's not publicized, but it may be the case. Um, their last update was 10 a.m. yesterday that they weren't opening them last night. Um, so They must be prepping them or something. I Probably, and that update will like, probably come around 10 a.m., but uh, people can call 211 if they want information. 211 uh, info about warming centers. Thanks. Warming centers. Okay, Good great. We did, we did our service. <laughs> yes. Uh, would you like to start with some local stuff and then spread out into the, the big, into the... Sure, sure. That sounds like a good idea. Where do you want to start? Uh, I guess we can start with the, from the bottom up. Do you want to? Okay. Who's the bottom? Tina K. Oh. <laughs> Tina Kotek. Uh, c- celebrating one year anniversary. Uh, In office. As yes. governor. Um, and people, uh, there's this OPB article and, and they're talking with everyone from lobbyists to 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 um you know people in and the democrat side but also on the republican side and they're just kind of like yeah this is this is just a bare minimum and i kind of think it's good when uh, both sides are just kind of like meh <laughs> they're both not like equally not happy but um it's a really interesting article because it's not really it, it's just more about like other people talking about what it's like working under her working with her and what her you know all of her rulings and all the stuff that she's ruled in the last in the last year yeah um i did go a little bit down a tona kotek tina tona kotek tina kotek <laughs> that's, that's her like evil twin <laughs> <laughs> and she, uh, they had really really sweet pictures from when she was younger and in the house of reps and stuff it oh was, wow it was really sweet i felt like i was <laughs> i was like i'm going down tina tina kotek's uh whole like political career it was yeah. really sweet i want to make like a timeline for her <laughs> we're scrapbooking for yes, tina i felt like i was scrapbooking <laughs> um what do you think of this uh well i mean in fact no one is like super stoked about her but not super you know hating on her right yet. i mean i think that uh, part of what the one of the first things that that's been pointed out obviously is that uh you know in when she was speaker of the oregon house she was super progressive you know kind of championing these types of things that you know were were in that we're in the more progressive sphere sphere uh and you know, Republicans were leaving to not have to deal with it, right? Um, but her, as governor, you know, she's kind of swung towards the middle in a way that I don't think that, like, progressives are super happy about. Um, and we can talk about some of the things that uh, that that's meant. But what her kind of rebuttal is to that, uh, here's in the interview with OPB, she says, quote, I'm going to continue to move the progressive needle if I can, because that's who I am as a person. But you also have to be able to get things done. It's mm-hmm. just I have a different set of tools as governor. So I, I feel her in that. I mean, I think that's interesting. Yeah. It's, it is it is interesting. Um, I don't know that it's, like, won her a ton of favor with Republicans, necessarily. I mean, I, I think it's maybe won a little bit, but it's, you know, calculus, man, of who do you win and who do you lose. There is um, there's also the part in the article that, that, you know, they're painting her, well, not painting her out to do anything, but they're talking about, you know, of course, Measure 110 and the Tina Kotick task tax task force uh-huh. um, and some of the recommendation that she made like bringing in more cops to downtown and um, doing like the uh, the fentanyl specific like drug you know recriminalizing mm. people uh, doing drugs in, out in the open um, 
which definitely progressives were not feeling that. But then on the other side, there's a couple of things that I th- I want to say that they even walked out on one of the legislation, like one of the sessions or something. Um, they walked out a lot of times. There was something more. <laughs> it's almost like you have to make a bill for them to stay <laughs> stay at work. Put put it to the people, and then not they're all still going to try to sue over Hopefully, it. There it is, uh, Speaker. Uh, Republican flee when uh, their time was Oregon House. <laughs> flee the Capitol entirely. Fleeing the cap. Well, there was it was not this year or the year before, but the one where they're like they left the they better not have left the state. They're like hiding in motels or somewhere like nobody could find them because if they could find them, the state troopers could bring them back. Do you remember this? I'd watch that movie. I would yeah. watch that. Uh, that was a that was a crazy all time. just and, and like what was it over like climate bills or like. <laughs> Guys, cap and trade. We're like, we got to go. Sorry, I heard cap and trade. And actually, I called a cab and I'm trading in Boom. doing my work today. That's what a cab and trade is. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 an interesting article. Um, I think the it's like a safe place to be 50-50. No one's super thrilled about you. No one is super hating on you. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing also with a governor and a six-year term, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, she's she's getting her footing. She's she's moved some things along. I mean, I think that's like our theme of the year, which maybe we still need to talk about, uh, about patience being one of the ideas of that being, wait for it. Mm. She's got six years, you know, so the, the turnaround on what she needs to do and when she needs to make a case to people to get reelected, for example, that's not for a few years now it doesn't mean she shouldn't be held accountable or doing stuff but that you know have you what what's her take on the um on the charter reform i don't know i I, my i don't know off the top of my head Mm -hmm. a lot of it's it's interesting because sometimes she's like well i'm just gonna butt out like i'm not gonna saying that i that's for them that she's big into federalism suddenly (laughs) she's like that's not my business but then she's meeting every two weeks with ted wheeler so and that's like the main thing he's doing right now so presumably they've talked about it and then she convenes a task force and she's like guys totally hear you less taxes in portland that's so huge for us so it's like what are we doing with the with the dang taxes aspect someone is making money that's all i know i can tell you who they're on the task force (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the task force of making money (laughs) you want mm, mm, Mm. mm. wake that up um speaking of task force okay um, we have another contender for the the upcoming Maroyal. I don't know. I keep saying that. You make it sound royal, Mayroyal. It's you know <laughs> mayoral, mayoral, but it's hard to say. Mayoral, there it is. Yeah, it's two of those semi consonants that if we you, have in our. If you switch the words around, the letters around, then you do get mayoral. Yeah, uh, but it's mayoral. Yes. Yes. Uh, Carmen Rubio, running. That's your peeps, no? My what? Do, what? Do, what I don't, do you I don't know. Just, <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> Hold you on. Always, you always mention in her. Uh, well, I, she, first of all, she's she does she's just quiet. She's uncontroversial in many ways. So I I mean that's why. And also that everybody's been expecting for her to announce because mm-hmm. we got Gonzalez in the race, we got Maps in the race, now we got Rubio in the race. Everybody, it's like everybody in city council wants to be mayor. Well, they want to stay there. This is good. They like the they like the. The building, I guess. Like, I, no, I, I made friends, it. mom. I don't want to like change schools. That sucks. Um, yes, but she is now also <clears throat> running for, yeah. for 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 mayor. Um, yep, she is uh, the most progressive figure running for mayor right now, compared to Gonzalez and Maps. Uh, 
so you know there's 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 that i mean she has she has some some better things under her belt in terms of you know progressive policies and things mm-hmm. like that she's relatively uncontroversial she's kind of like quiet you know she doesn't she's not out there ga- trying to galvanize people uh at least so far and of course she's got a big win coming her way with the portland clean energy fund uh saving city bureaus which was which is under her purview um and also you know the other win that folks were were watching was that her plan to revamp the city permitting system won out over maps's plan however asterisk addendum Mm. she and dan ryan were the ones that handed the keys to zenith Mm. zenith energy losing a lawsuit against the city three days before carmen rubio and dan ryan had been courted for months by their pr team to say, no, it's so cool. You should actually totally build an oil terminal right by where everybody lives. That'd be so cool. Mm. We love that. And then there's the whole renewable fuels thing. If you want to know about renewable fuels, listen to Locus Focus with Barbara Bernstein. But it's it's not it's, it's not everything it's cracked up to be, you know? Um I can imagine Rubio's if I if I was Carmen Rubio, which I'm not I would. I would just state that at the beginning. I'm, I'm not, not running for mayor. I'm not Carmen Rubio. I've never claimed to be Carmen Rubio. If I if I was on her campaign team, I would definitely say, talk about this Portland Energy Fund or Energy uh, um, uh, Energy Fund. Literally show how much more money you have like got than what you anticipated, mm-hmm. and just like I'm just thinking a lot of charts and her with like a mink coat. Those yeah. are the two things that come in mind. One of those, one who of those, like a, s- a stick that's just for pointing. Yes, who th- needs that? Like collapses, and it can be like a who? Who need what? What bureau needs a little bit of funds over here? And then they'll. <laughs> like, you want money? Come kiss the ring. You went of clean mayor energy, mayor royal or not? Mayor royal. Uh, she she did the thing, but mm-hmm. oh, that's so odd because then Zenith on the other side. How yeah. are you going to do clean energy and then Zenith on the other side? That's a good question. Uh, know, I mean, 50-50. Eh? There's this, the, can I uh, quote a line from the OPB article Go talking about it? And this has been repeated in all the coverage of this, but, um, you know, that she's getting this criticism from, from climate activists for not standing up to Zenith Energy. I've criticized the city for this as well. It was the one thing that everybody could agree on. And uh, so it says, Rubio says the city isn't able to retract the agreement they have, the land use agreement they have with Zenith, and said she believes Zenith's pledge to phase out its work with fossil fuels. Believing, that's fine. Believe whatever you want to believe. Saying the city isn't able to retract that agreement when you made the agreement, and then three days later, Mm -hmm. the court ruled in your favor, I'm not really sure how those things align. And uh, we don't have to spend so much time on the, the Zenith aspect of it, but... Regardless of whether or not they're phasing out fossil fuels, if they're using renewable fuels, which are a whole different can of worms, again, listen to Locus Focus, people are, I think, rightfully skeptical that that is even, like, that much of a meaningful difference. In terms of not just the climate impact of those fuels themselves, but the physical danger that it puts Portlanders in to live near those rail lines that will still be transporting combustible stuff regardless of whether or not it's fossil fuels or renewable fuels that's a huge danger it's a nightmare (laughs) and we were winning why were we winning and what is it oh snatching defeat from the jaws of victory that's the one that i like to hear uh do you think that genus was like we're gonna counter or like would go into the courts and sue and sue and sue and i mean i think so and that's what they 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 had been doing but why are you taking meetings with a company that you are actively suing 
why are you getting on a boat with them and inter- getting interested in their version of events? Well, have you been on the Portland Spirit? No, I haven't. I'm so kidding. actually, <laughs> I'm going to have my conservative Portland return if you ever get me on the Portland Spirit. Um, I, I've been on the Portland Spirit. It's great. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Did you... not with Zenith. I went on, <laughs> it was like a Father's Day thing. But <laughs> not Zenith. Nope. Okay, not yet, well, at least. Never say never. No. <laughs> Everyone has a price. Every. <laughs> Um, Imagine we came sponsored by Zenith. One oh my day. gosh! That we were like, well, I just really believe that they're going to change. Uh, speaking of changing, okay, um, or I guess not changing. <laughs> staying change the or, same, change or lack thereof. Standing, staying the same, even though everyone is telling you to stop or change immediately. Um, you want to take take this on? Yeah, I got a headline here for you from the Portland Mercury. Commissioner Gonzalez shows little interest in heeding auditor's recommendations for Portland Street response. Wake up, the auditor. I, can I say, loving the, lo- I was telling Tammy yesterday, new ambition. How do I help the auditor's office? <laughs> Get me in there. I'd love to investigate some stuff. Between the auditors and the ombudsman. Like, yeah. these are the real uh, heroes of the city and making sure Just, that things like aren't, falling apart to corruption immediately dig it up like get it out there you know sunlight best disinfectant yes oh, oh yeah yes. The auditor, uh, remember there was oh who is um not renee that's uh the auditor forgot her name what, what's her name <laughs> the simone? portland oh simone? yeah i think it is simone reed is the reed, portland one and then the multnomah county auditor is jennifer mcgurk who oh. we're not going to talk touch on it too much today but side note um also put out an audit related to the joint office and that former commissioner Sushila Jayapal, currently running for Oregon Congressional District 3, may have put pressure on the joint office to move its contracting practice or contracting process around to benefit this one nonprofit. No way. I'm shocked. <laughs> wow. Wow. Tammy's quite the actress. Anyway, Portland Street Response. We've heard of it for years it's uh it's been like yes we're gonna go 24 hours citywide we love that except now renee gonzalez since he's come into office has sort of been I, like sitting on his hands would sort of mean that maybe he's like distracted by other stuff he's or like he's ignoring that he's like ignoring them no he's he's ignoring and deteriorating sure, it yeah. um and so not enough the the auditor finds that not enough has been done to ensure the success of programs like portland street response and the community health assess and treat or chat program under fire and rescue um he's Sorry, some of the the things that uh, are quoted here are a little um, frustrating to read. Uh, Portland Commissioner Rene Gonzalez oversees Portland Fire and Rescue. Gonzalez acknowledged the value in the programs, but said he's in no hurry to expand or ramp them up, noting that Portland Street Response was the brainchild of, quote, previously elected leadership. So what? So what? You're you're in charge of it now. So that's like saying, you know what? Democracy is also something from previously elected people. Can I tell you what else is previously elected leadership? Whoever wired this building. Suddenly I have to obey fire code because somebody else did it? Ridiculous. That is... You sound silly. That's There's this theme that... And you're being a hater. Okay, sorry. And it's like you have... um, didn't like PSU do a huge oh, research like, about how this is super affected and recommended the most the way to expand it? It's like 97 The most like supported by Portlanders, effective at what they're mm-hmm. doing, and measured of any city bureau. Guess who we're not measuring to the same extent? The fire, fire and rescue. Department. Portland police. Like the, the lack of emergency services. Nobody's picking up the dang phone. PSU is not studying. Like we have so much information mm-hmm. to show that this is working and well. 
Why do you, do you think that it's a political stunt that he's doing this for? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that um, those who supported Rene Gonzalez and um, lavished in his victory over uh, Joanne Hardesty and everything that Hardesty stood for um, are are sort of enjoying you know, letting this, letting this, I mean, not letting it rot because it is still happening, but not like this is a solution to a problem. Are we finding solutions to problems or are we pushing the problems out of the way? And this is a solution to like a whole litany of problems that Portland has had for a long time. And we have the, we have, we're flush with cash. Um, and it's just like, it's, it's hater. It's just being a hater. I don't, I mean, I do know it's, it's just really, frustrating to see um this is insane and it uh, it says there's a part here um uh released last june this is going back to the psu document that we're talking about found uh portland street response reduced police call volume by 3.5 percent like why i it's i'm constantly seeing that what happens is especially in in an election year is that things that work for the people get penalized for working yeah it's it's the strangest thing instead of trying to understand uh okay why is is portland street response so needed okay it's working what are the trends that they're seeing what are mm-hmm. the the things that people that are in a, in an emergency where portland street response is responding to like what what are how could we make it so it doesn't happen in the future what what framework do we need what guidelines do we need but and we can only learn more if it is, you know, 24 hours and it's expanded. But we can't learn these things. And we're sending in people who's not, it's not their jobs to learn it in the way that, you know, Portland Street Response is doing it. Hmm. So we're we're losing data by not, you know, we're losing really, really important data about how to help people by not yeah. supporting this work. And we're just hurting ourselves like we're hurting like everyday people like renee gonzalez is getting hurt by this you know it's like everyday people that live in really like in in places where you have a lot of of traffic where you have a lot of movement and yeah those you know like people are having behavioral health crises all the time it's not it's not cool to leave them to like the leave them to the wolves you know leave them to a people whose job it is is to reach for a gun like that's your job yeah that's your job you i'm not it's like i'm not going to send a soldier to bring democracy when their job is to kill that's your job yeah you know you didn't go to school for that no i i 100 percent agree so bizarre another line here the audit indicates gonzalez is open to shifting portland street response to multnomah county or to an independent nonprofit group to manage i that is so frustrating to me to hear um because i mean it's it's also just indicative of his philosophy of government i think um which is contrasted or maybe not depending on how you view things based on his campaign website of being a lifelong democrat but that it is finding solutions for people not my job finding solutions for like literally people that live in the city that you work for Mm. and not just people who are actually in crisis but the people who are clogging up 911 talking about somebody's sitting in their car in my neighborhood and i'm scared Mm. you know and that this is about, this is also about <laughs> not being under the thumb of the Department of Justice anymore because of the settlement that's nearly a decade old about Portland police 
shooting people who are in mental health crisis constantly, so much so that the federal government had to get involved to hold us accountable. You know how bad it is for the federal government to have to step in and say, like, hey, guys, dial it back. And that we were supposed to come out of it many times and we keep failing. And that, like, this is a thing that works. And it would be so easy to, I mean, he's done any number of things over the past year that he's been in office, hiring freeze, um, assigning Portland Street response workers to attend sweeps, not letting them hand out tents anymore, right? Like, we can't let these things go. And uh, I, and they're like, well, the the fire department never like consented to having this be a part of their thing. It's like, I thought firefighters wanted to help people. Am I wrong? (laughs) Am I wrong? Um, This is, it's, it's strange. It's a great article, especially if you're not familiar with the Portland Street response. Yeah. Uh, on the per- Portland Mercury. Um, mm. Let us not, and, and this is not the theme of the year, but let us not snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Again. Let's not, let's not take it to, I don't know football that well. Let's not take it right to the finish line. Touchdown. Thank you. <laughs> the one yard line. There we go. Oh. And then start, start waffling around. It's like, well, well, should we even be here? Are we even supposed to go into the end zone? It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are we, what even is an end well, zone? What would it look like if we went to the end zone? Maybe we should go to the other one. Do you think? Who here before us? That's really what matters. <sighs> it's, it's bizarre. <laughs> Somebody else put this turf down, and I'm not sure we should be standing on it. It's like, what are you talking about? And he has... Um, Take this away from him. Have have one victory in this town, please. Can we make anything he, better? I can't believe he's running for mayor. That's, that's, it is a little funny that he's raising a lot of money, I will say. Well, it's... This is... I... I, I don't know what this is. I'm, I'm just like... I give <laughs> Tim up. is giving I a big giving gesture for us. I don't know. Um... But oh, so speaking of 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 uh, shutting down failures or, of government, yeah, failures <laughs> of government. Um, I I want another rabbit hole. This was my first rabbit hole before uh, after the Tina before the Tina Kotick one. Hmm. Um, and I saw that um, the story that I that I really enjoy and enjoy their work. They were talking about how there's a possibility that co- the Congress might be defunding WIC, and I'm like, no, you're not. That's not not the food snaps. Um, the food snaps, the food stamps like snap. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. But okay, so this is this is the whole rundown. So uh, about a week into the new year, I guess last week or a little before that, Congress agreed on a spending budget for 2024. This is good because it's you know it's bipartisan agreement that on spending that brings us closer to keeping the government open. Yes. But the next steps is actually for them to allocate the funds by next Friday or the government shuts down. Now the seven Democrats with Chuck Schumer at the helm, they're all they're trying to pass another stopgap funding bill to avoid the government uh, shutdown, mm-hmm. and that's a bill that extends government funding to agencies on a temporary basis. In uh, keeping with one of our themes of remembering to remember, the Senate also passed a different stopgap bill in November of last year to fund four federal agencies until the deadline of January nineteenth, which again is Friday. Some programs, though, were left behind, and one of them is the Special Supplemental Nutrition Program for Women, Infants, and Children, aka WIC. Mm-hmm. Back in November, for this, um, for the stop before the stopgap, the bill, it's uh, the stopgap bill, it excluded. Sorry, in November when they when they 
when they voted for the stopgap mm-hmm. bill, it excluded the additional $1 billion in funding that WIC needs in order to uh, sustain itself. The budget last year was $6 million, but because they're, um, they're facing a shortfall of $1 million because of rising food costs and higher participation. Again, more people are using it because it's a program that's actually supporting people. Yeah. It's working. Why is it working? It's be, it's not because people don't want to work anymore. It's because food is freaking expensive as heck. And because companies are raking in record profits while claiming that inflation is still happening. The next opportunity to provide WIC funding for the $1 million that they need is the deadline. This The deadline next week... Um, and if they don't get the one million, one billion that they need, there's a risk of two million people being turned away from the WIC program. So that's two million people. And again, this is specifically for women, children, and infants. And this is isn't this the demo, like hashtag family values? Isn't that like the king of family values? Isn't that like isn't yes. aren't like don't we have people in in the Senate and in the um, and Congress that they that that built their whole shtick on family first, yeah, protect the children, mm-hmm. uh, help the children, uh, uh, protect women, women's rights. Boom! You have this in a you have a perfect you have a perfect opportunity to do that, um, but they didn't, and there's a possibility that two million people won't be able to feed their families next uh, after January uh, January nineteenth horrible this is so even if you know if the government does stay open i mean it's, i don't unless they get, get the unless they pass the one billion even if they have the stopgap bill again that schumer wants to pass it'll still it'll still have it has no money allocated for WIC. yeah so they'll still be so again the people who need it the most are going to be left holding the bag yeah and this isn't money that comes out of nowhere this is like Take my money for 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 infant women and children. Take it. Take all of it. Yeah, I don't. I'd, I'd, and this wouldn't be so egregious if if two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and I know there's wars and everything, but we just see the the line item of how much money is being sent to fight wars. Yeah. And, and yet this is the war on on, on poverty or the war on on food insecurity. It just dies on the late on the wayside. And yeah. I you know and, and you know we're talking about this yesterday and obviously not. I understand you know. We need diplomacy and we need... Yeah, we're not isolationists. ...to have global, you know, impact in the world and and help allies, and I understand that. But what is the thing about filling up from an empty cup? Yeah. This is an empty... It's empty cup that that we pay for. Well, it strains credibility to to be giving so much away when we cannot feed people, basically. And that there are... I mean, this is, like, going to be my refrain, but, like with with WIC, with SNAP, that were expanded in the pandemic, mm. along with the child tax credit, mm. child poverty plummeted. People were able to eat. Families were <laughs> being able to eat and kids, like, how important, we know how important it is for kids to have good nutrition when they're growing. That is critically important to their brains, to, like, the future citizens and, and residents of this country to be able to eat, you know? Like, that is that is so fundamental, and to leave it on the table, and and what does that tell? What does that say about politicians? That the first thing that we're ready to cut, we're not gonna we're not gonna, you know, cut back on you know tax cuts for the rich. We're gonna keep those going. But but poor people, sorry, can't can't actually discount uh, you know what you're getting from the Dollar Tree because that's where people right. have to shop. Right. You know, 
And it's the, the last time that we were facing a government shutdown, and this is again with the theme, with one of the themes, we'll figure out which one. Um, re- the last time that we were facing a government shutdown, Republican ousted the Speaker of the House because McCarthy was working too closely with, with Democrats. Yeah. Uh, to avoid a government shutdown, yeah, to work on a stop ga- uh, on a on, on a stop bill, and so not even not even fixing the problem, by the way, not even passing a budget, just making sure not. the government doesn't close. So, and again, the people that ousted him were the the Matt Gates and the what's his name, uh, uh, Marjorie Taylor Green, yeah, person, Mar- Marjorie Taylor Green, who are the like that's their whole. Do you, they don't care about families? Their whole, family values. Everything where everything that they say is family values, family values, and yet. The ch- I mean, because the second that you talk about progressive anything, when it, uh, the second you talk about anything that's related to, to LGBTQIA rights, yeah, anything that's related to like, um, to like DI work or progressing like uh, reproductive uh, justice, reproductive justice, yeah. black rights, anything like that. Oh, what about the what about the children? Think of the children when you kids ask, can't handle it. When you're asked to think about the children. Well, no. Think about the defense budget. What about the defense? So it's just our poor guys at the Pentagon. We don't. We actually have no idea where they're spending the money, ha- raking it in hand over fist. Can't feed kids that live here. And the there's a, a plot to all of this. Mm. Um, so last year, and I, I have to double check to see if this is still in standing. But last year, Congress approved a provision that would cut all spending federal spending by one percent if federal if uh republicans and democrats failed to reach an agreement for the funding by the set by the 19th what so it was extended and extended and extended it was supposed to be an incentive to make <sighs> them get their their stuff together this cut while it will um if they don't reach a, to an agreement by the deadline the cut won't happen until april this provision also includes this is where it gets like pretty wonky the provision also includes that if the 1% cuts were to take effect, the amount funding for non-defense programs will increase, meaning that domestic spendings would get a boost compared to the original allocated funds for non-defense programs. So defense programs would get cut. And I was reading about this. I'm like, is this, there's, there's no way they would keep that in there. And uh, there is a lot of stipulation about whether this provision would they would actually do it and it's but it it like blew my mind i'm like i cannot believe that they would put this provision they really mean they really know that they're not it seems to me that they are so at odds that they're like look we're gonna put something really like let's tie both of our arms to the wall (laughs) let's let's handcuff to each other and see if we can get along right in the middle in this sense that if you don't get to it then no one wins everybody loves the defense budget and you don't want to have to go back to the military contractors and tell them that (laughs) That they can't take a cruise to Hawaii next year, okay? They, they're not going to be happy about that on the taxpayer dollar. They I'm making stuff up, but Tammy and I are really upset about tax policy this year. They have a particular <laughs> set of skills. Well, but for the last thing before we go for a community <clears throat> question, yeah. um, you can still do something about the, the deadline. So before the deadline, if folks want to reach out to their elected representatives, elected, emphasis on elected representatives, um, you can do that. Re- you can reach out to them and let them know that um, that you think that this program is, you know, tell them how you feel about it. Uh, you can explain to them if you've needed it, if you know people who are on it, or if you just care about people who are low income and still need to eat. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not a, pr- I guess. I and not even to mention all of the restrictions that there are on SNAP and WIC and what can even qualify and what type of food people are even, sure. you know, allowed to consume on it, which is also a whole other can of worms that is restrictive and gross. 
the way that the government gets involved in that. Anyway, Shall we're fired we? up. Are we ready for the community question? We're ready for the Okay, well, this question. is The Gap on KBOO Community Radio. Althea and Tammy here. Stay with us. We're going to take a little midway song break, and then we're opening up the phone lines. Coltrane. We're back here on KBOO Portland. This is The Gap. I'm Tammy and with me is Althea. Hey, hey, I'm good. It is time for the community question where you can call in. Tammy, what is it? It's very exciting. Um, What's something an outsider wouldn't know about your industry? Ooh, we want that. We want that secret information. Not secret, but you know insider information lay people don't know this the outsiders are not aware of the things that you're dealing with um in in your work or you know if you don't feel like you have an industry you know whatever you're up to what do people not know 503-231-8187 let us know we would love to hear from you you can also message us on the website kboo.fm on the bottom right side of the homepage. there is a chat with us button Type it out. Let us hear you. Um, you can also... I just have to rattle them all off. I'm sorry. No, but, please do. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, you can message us on Instagram. Our handle is thegapradio. Um, and you can also email us, thegapradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. What's something an outsider wouldn't know about your industry? 503-231-8187. Yeah. Do I'm, something in mind? Do I have something in mind? I, you know, uh, being here for the radio station i have like a a zillion tiny little things that i do or that i've learned to do that when i am like training people on how to do radio stuff i'm like okay don't tell them that yet like that's that's too like minute and bizarre Mm. that i that that's how i like to do things you know um but yeah that there is a lot of stuff that that goes into radio in specific that people might not know about, um, especially for uh, like script writing and stuff Mm. like that. And um, I teach a class on how you write for the ear rather than for the eye. Cause you know, when you're reading scripts on air, you want to try to emulate conversation because that's like the way that our brains are wired to understand audio information. Obviously you and I are having a conversation right now. People are familiar with how that works. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that's, that's a, there's a whole, there's a whole thought process that really goes into making sure that stuff that is scripted sounds okay. And is, is uh, people can understand it. I always thought how in radio it's neat because there's some things that you think your favorite radio host, and I'm saying it like even when I was a kid listening to radio, 
that I didn't know that hosts have to say had mm. to say by FCC guidelines. It's not because they were just like it was their thing. So yeah. like, caller, you on the air? Like, yeah, you have to tell people that they're on the public airwaves. When you, you hear that, you'll up. know that you're on the air. <laughs> yes, then you know you're on the air. Or like um, uh, back announcing. Mm-hmm. I thought that's really cool. Um, also, another thing is the um, Spinatron. Oh, yeah. That's a really, really cool What, do, what is insider. Spinatron for people who might not so know? So it's a website. Uh, and if you're listening, call in and let us know about your your outsider insider industry tip, 503-231-8187. Spinatron is a website. And whenever you play a song, you um, find it in Spinatron. You upload it onto the website. And that's how your musicians get paid. Oh. Boom. Okay. Big, big money. That's how you do it. And you know you're extra cool if you can't find it in there. That's how you know you're a real... <laughs> indie gal yeah really uh, underground yeah just you know <laughs> uh, so get yourself in spinatron if you'd like to get paid you can get yourself up on spinatron okay okay which is there a, you go. a interesting website um can i do it for mine? sort of just the acapella stuff that i do sure. or i have to record it i just kind of do that oh, off the off the dome i thought i'm like does she mean freelancing what do you mean Acap- <laughs> i get i get what you mean yes no musical backing. It's very bold. Um, 503-231-8187. We're asking, what is something an outsider wouldn't know about your industry? Um, I, it makes me think of the... Remember one time someone called and they were an art... Neither dealer, like in the art or a docent in a museum or something. And they're yeah. telling us about how a lot of art is... Uh, what do they call it? Uh, um, like money laundering. Oh, yeah, yeah. We heard that. We heard that. Oh, I got somebody online. Oh. Um, This is uh, from somebody online. Message us online, kboo.fm. Libraries, we are being restructured from the inside to operate with capitalist bottom line logic. Automation and quote unquote flexible spaces are being used to squeeze labor and justify short staffing. We throw away and sometimes replace lots of books that could Mm. be repaired. Mm. Ooh, I didn't know that. I told you it was going to be some whistleblowing. There's I knew a, it. There's a little bit of whistleblowing going I knew on. It. Man, libraries. We love libraries. We got show. We're going to we have we're going to definitely do a, a library um episode sooner than later. Yeah, we're 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 cooking on it, cooking you know. Cooking on it. Libraries, man. I love the library. Try to get me out of there. Try to try to get me to Everything leave. Everything there's you know? free. I love it. It's Everything like, there's free. The Library of Things. Yeah. Famously, a year and a half ago, I finally got to sharpen my knives thanks to the Library of Things. Um, that, I, that sounds like a euphemism, but actually my knives were dull. And if your knives are dull, that's actually more dangerous than mm. having a sharp knife, mm. Mm. at least according to the people who have worked in kitchens in my life who like to reinforce that. They had me. a stone there or they had like a... No, it's like one knife. of the motorized ones. Oh, cool, cool. Um, I probably need to do it again because I've been I've been cutting onions and I've been crying. Oh, <laughs> and that's how you know it's like you you break the membrane or whatever. Why would they throw away the books? They could bind them or or sell them like for really or give them away to people. I'll take little free, free libraries. I, oh, you know. Oh, can I say something a little negative about books though? Oh, when I was a kid at the library, and maybe the books have changed. But some some old books they would like smell so strongly that I couldn't read them. I think it has to do with the glue that they were using. Oh. <laughs> I was kind of sensitive. I still am. <laughs> so you're in the back of the library, not totally not sniffing the glue in the books. I was holding my nose. Oh. I'm like flipping through it as fast as I could. Well, you're it's missing like, out. I'll tell you what. It's probably interesting, but it just stinks. Um, I have an insider. Okay. Uh, industry working in the nonprofit world. Mm-hmm. There is a lot, and I mean like capital A lot mm. of ways to get projects funded. Mm. A lot. 
Um, a lot of ways to get projects a lot funded, of ways. Huh? Yes. We've got a phone call coming in. All right. Phone call's coming in. You want to call us? Let us know. 503-231-8187. Why did I say it like that? 503-231-8187. Let us know. What is something an outsider wouldn't know about your industry? We talked about radio. We're talking a little about about nonprofits, we heard about libraries. Um, we would love to hear from you. You can also message us on Instagram at the Gap Radio. Email us thegapradio at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. And we got Tawasi on the line. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Um, I'm one of these people that does gig work. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, these big tech companies are notorious for keeping our money, uh, the money that you, the paying customer, wants us to have they keep it for themselves there's 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 class action lawsuits over mm. it. but a lot of people don't know that um, but this one is an even lesser known thing to do with um, a certain shopping app that you use if you want to get groceries delivered to your house mm-hmm. um, what happens is they tell us how much they're gonna pay us when we accept the job say the job's like a $20 job. I'm like, yes, a $20 job, finally. And uh, then I, I get to the store and I do the shopping, but they're like all out of organic bananas. They only have uh, conventional bananas and the customer does not want a conventional banana. So I have to refund that part of the order for the banana and then it makes my job from a $20 job to like an $18 job. Mm-hmm. So if something is out of stock in the grocery store, I get paid less than um, what I originally agreed to. But basically, like, <clears throat> I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like, if you're not getting what you ordered, you shouldn't have to pay. But I still did the work to go look for the thing to see mm-hmm. if it was there. Mm-hmm. And... um so I, I I end up doing the same amount of work whether the thing is there or not in essence because I the difference between putting it in the cart isn't that big of a difference when it you have to go to the place anyway yeah they have this thing inside of these apps where they actually pay you less than you originally agree based on what's in stock so if something is out of stock it ends up costing us mm. yeah mm. time and money. It's a little bit of like a bait and switch. Yeah, bait and switch. Kind of. You agree to it up front. So ahead of time, I had to be like, yes, you can can pillage me. That's fine. Mm. But, um, yeah, what I I accept in these these offerings isn't isn't always what I receive. Mm. And mostly it's not, in fact. Mm. Um, They had to change their policies inside of one of these grocery shopping apps because... The customers were were um, bait bait uh, bait tipping. Uh huh. Oh. I heard of that. Well, what's yeah, that? Yeah, they would say they'd say, "Hey, look, you can do this grocery shopping job, and and you'll get sixty dollars, of which forty of it is tip." And then you do the job, and the customer is like, "Ah, I'm going to mark that down to a five dollar tip." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so now inside of the app, if you, if you do that as a customer too many times, <laughs> then, then they, they restrict your account. But you can do it a few times and they'll, they'll let you just like pillage the person who's working for you. One last thing about, uh, about uh, these gig apps. 
that if, if you're listening to this, you probably already know, and since you're KBU listeners, you especially care and understand, but um, we really benefit from cash tips. Mm. We really, really do. And um, like I said, these companies are notorious for robbing us of, of the money that you want us to have. So if you use these apps regularly as, as just one of the guys who does this sort of work, consider having a, a little stack of cash there next to your door so you can give a ta- cash tip because we get 100% of that. Mm. And, and it's debatable. It's, it's uh, actually litigiously <laughs> uh, under debate whether we get 100% or not otherwise. So mm. anyway, uh, really appreciate the gap. Really appreciate the two of you. Love KBU. Stay safe out there, everyone. Thank, thank you, Tawasi. And thank you for, for that tip. Yeah, I've, uh, I don't know if we, I mean, we talked tipping culture on the show a while ago, um, but this is, this is just what it reminded me of. Um, but that like, especially for small businesses and coffee shops and stuff, everybody's using that like square thing mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. you know, that's like old cash registers are gone. Um, but like credit card tr- or debit card transactions can be extra costly, especially for like sure. that small of a transaction if you're like getting a coffee and a bagel or something um so that like paying in cash tipping in cash um is actually like more of that ends up going to the business as opposed to like a fee for being able to take credit cards you mean goes goes to the to the servers and the people that working or the actual or the or even just the business itself oh, okay, okay um because they're not you know skimming that amount sure. off to go to oh yeah it's you like, know and whatever it's like, the company it, is if it's like you're tipping on something and it's like a two dollar tip that's like what's probably two dollars in transaction fee so you really tipped like 40 cents or something yeah yeah i'm not totally sure what all the math works out to be but 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 you know like you feel like you're doing something you're like oh i'm supporting a small business i love to go to my local you know coffee shop or donuts or whatever um but paying with card less of it actually goes to the business not to say that you know sometimes you don't you don't want to carry cash or you're you're traveling light or what have you but um you know cash tip i i cash baby I, cause I, I've, I've done gig work and I, I, I use apps, the apps sometimes and I, now I'm like, wait a second, I may have been short, I don't know, someone might owe me a little bit of something. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about, I yeah. can't think about it too, ugh, the amount of money I've just been like, don't, there's no, re- there's, you will lose this fight, you know, yeah. as they say, charge it to the game. Mm. I'm, char- <laughs> I'm sitting on dividends from all the money I've charged to the game. Yeah. Um, but the bait, the, the, the tip baiting. I hadn't heard of that. I that's, I'm wagging my finger at that's anyone nasty. who would do, don't yeah, do that. Yeah, that is nasty. That is not nice. Be at all. be real if you don't mind. If you don't mind being real, we would love that. Um, guys, call in, please. What is something an outsider wouldn't know about your industry? Five zero three two three one eight one eight seven. Let us know what you think. You can also message us online. Um, thinking about about that kind of stuff, we would love to hear what you have to say. What is something an outsider wouldn't know about your industry? And we have Christine on the line. How are you on the air? Hi there. I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks for calling. What is your what is your insider info? Well, I just wanted to shine a light on an issue that is affecting uh, physicians as a profession that is not uh, really very much discussed or known about, and it is the fact that physicians have. Uh, probably the highest rate of suicide among um, professions. Mm. 
We lose 300 to 400 physicians to suicide every year. And the data shows that about 10% of physicians on average uh, contemplate mm. wow. um, harm, self, self-harm. Um, so it's a very sensitive issue, as you can imagine, and something that is not much discussed. Yeah, and It really is something that we as a profession are trying to address. Is it the, does it have to do with the, like, to your mind, is it the stresses of the job or the hours or the responsibility that, that folks have to deal with? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think it is multifactorial and it is, it's all of those things. It is the work-life balance. It is the burnout. It is uh, the stress of coping with patient illness and death. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I think it's a little bit too the kinds of the type of person that becomes a physician and their drive to be, you know, perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, makes it hard when there are poor patient outcomes. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's something that I specifically did not want to be a doctor because I'm bad with blood, but also that like the emotional weight of that, I think, is definitely something that would be really difficult to handle. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I think uh, as uh, medicine has become more corporate um, and physicians have sort of lost control of their practice um, and kind of everything has become more business oriented and, uh, you know, there's lots of performance metrics and things that, you know, the world of uh, corporate business um, has kind of imposed on the healthcare system in the U.S. Um, I think that has made it more difficult to cope with the kinds of issues that we have um, yeah, that we are dealing with on a day-to-day basis with physicians. You know, it's not really all about the satisfaction scores, and it probably shouldn't be. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, that's a huge part of it, the corporate. Yeah, I do, I do. Yeah, I do think so. I do think so. Yeah. Wow. I'm actually reading yeah. a bit about this, and it, it's uh, it's a huge problem. Thank you so much for, you know, shedding some light to it. I've never never heard of this issue before. Yes. Well, um, sorry to bring up such a sensitive subject, and um, yes, I I do. Uh, I'm I'm happy to have this opportunity to uh, to bring it up, and um, yes, there's always help out there for people who are con- contemplating self harm. Yeah, nine eight eight is the yeah. hotline. Thank you so much for calling. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Bye bye. Uh, we got okay. a couple minutes left. Can may I say, have, oh. may have saved a life? You don't know. Maybe, maybe may have so. saved a life. You know, it might be not fun to talk about these things, but it's not fun to have suicidal thoughts either. You know, yeah. so uh, could could have saved a life. Oh man! One more comment from the web, if that's okay. Please. Um, somebody writes: I worked as a vocational rehabilitation counselor in a state agency and met some incredibly sweet people. People hoping for help. I still think about them. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. Mm. Um, what a what an what an interesting conversation we've had as mm. a as a result of that um, talking about what an outsider wouldn't know about your industry. Um, I'll say it, guys. Kind of feels like the corporate man is keeping us all down. Can I say? Um, I uh, <laughs> sorry. Too funny. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so funny you forgot to laugh. I'm just reading these. So my stats. dad this said, is, "Yeah, no, sorry. We're getting insane. into the stats and we're making ourselves feel." I, I just it feels like something this big like 
people should be talking about more, you know? Yeah. Well, here it is. Well, here it is. We're, well, here talking, it is. About We're it. talking about it. Um, but speaking of health, physical, uh, it's going to get pretty darn cold out there. Yeah. Um, Snow's maybe moving to m- tomorrow, but it's going to freeze later. It's going to freeze. Uh, snow plows are out and about. But be safe. You, yeah, you can definitely be safe. Um, can I do a quick mailbag? Yes, please do. Okay, we got a, a minute left. Uh, I just want to thank Mary, who sent us a card um, at the end of the year. It says, thank you, Tammy and Althea, for interviewing Sisters of the Road. Go, go, old Portland. Thank you, Mary. Uh, a very cute uh, New Year's cat on this card. You can send us mail if you'd like to. Uh, courtesy of KB Radio, 20 Southeast 8th Avenue, uh, Portland, Oregon, 97214. And we'd love to hear from you. Email us offline. Um, we love you. Stay safe. Yeah, uh, and you you know if you see people that can't plow their 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 driveways, it's so fun to do it for them. It'll make you feel really good. Check on your neighbors; they might need they might need help. Yes, uh, uh, what's baking powder instead of salt for the paws? Yeah, uh, and be safe. Be safe. See y'all. See you next time. Tuned into KBOO Portland on 90.7 FM and streaming on the web at KBOO.FM. Hey, KBOO listeners. KBOO cut through the clouds during our end of year campaign thanks to support from listeners like you. When we meet our campaign goals, we can continue to bring you colorful, radiant rays of radio. Thank you, and keep tuning in for unique music, cutting-edge news, and transformative public affairs on the airwaves. KBOO Community Radio holds open meetings concerning the operations and programming of KBOO in accordance with requirements of the Communications Act of 1934 and certification requirements of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Information about KBOO Community Radio's open meeting policy is available at our 